This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. That's what it is. It's the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for giving me some time today. I hope you'll find it to be worthwhile, and I promise you I'm not going to talk much at all today about Pat Fitzgerald or the Northwestern football scandal, because if you're like me, you have had it up to your baby blues with the repetition of thought on how awful sexual assault is, if in fact that's what will be determined legally regarding Northwestern's ridiculous tradition of the car wash, a.k.a. the loofah line. I've had it. I I just, I can't take it anymore. It was a difficult week last week digesting it all. I'm emotional about the program. If you heard either of the podcasts last week, you're aware of that. And I tried to, to take it to social media and ask for some reaction on what people thought of the coverage. What are you thinking of the coverage? If you've been digesting a lot of conversation on sports radio, and I assume that to be local, more people interested in it locally, given that Northwestern is in Evanston, just north of Chicago. I I, I wanted your opinions. I'm yelling at you like it was you who did it, and it probably wasn't. But I wanted your opinions on the coverage, both on Facebook and on Twitter. The coverage of the story. What do you you think of the coverage? What are your most dominant opinions on what you've been listening to for hours and hours for the last week and change now? And I gave three options and also the option for other. And one would be the most positive of the bunch. This was on Twitter where I did the poll and I asked uh, your most dominant emotion. uh, Was it professional and compelling? And that did receive about 30% of the votes, about a thousand votes have been counted before I plugged in this morning to do this. And uh, what was getting the most votes was too preachy sanctimonious. That was getting 43% or right thereabouts. 43% of the audience's vote and uh, finishing second, running in second place with uh, about eight hours to go on this thing is uh, I don't care about Fitz. I don't care about Northwestern football. That was running second. Just give me the White Sox and the Cubs and count me down until the Bears go to training camp. That seems to be that thought. And in other A lot of people wanted to discuss the legal issues. They wanted to discuss the morality and ethics and debate things that weren't germane to my question. So sometimes I get frustrated when I give the audience an assignment and it doesn't follow the assignment. I was looking for your thoughts, Twitters, Facebookers, on uh, on coverage. All right, let me get to the NFL because we only have so- seven more of these Sundays to go. Uh, 
just seven more Sundays without NFL football. We have made it through 22 consecutive Sundays without a football game. 22 Sundays since the Super Bowl concluded with the Chiefs beating the Eagles narrowly to win their second Super Bowl championship under Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes returning as the favorite. I want to get into some of the prop bets in just a little bit, but my excitement on us just having seven more Sundays ago is is through the roof. I am ready for the backdrop change. I mean, what have we had really locally this year other than Connor Bedard that's been positive? Justin Steele of the Cubs, the only of four Chicago players who dressed for the All-Star game and got in. Justin Steele, Dansby Swanson, I mean... There, there have not been enough baseball positives to make that the only food group in your diet this summer. It just hasn't happened, and it rarely happens because the season is tedious. It is a grind. Arduous is an adjective I once slapped on baseball season, and Matt Spiegel, my baseball-loving partner, pushed back strong against that. What do you mean, arduous? Sounds like it's a task. It is a task. If it's a task for me to watch, think about how it is for them to play or to coach every day, day after day. It's an investment. And it doesn't always, if you watch every day, it doesn't always provide entertainment, especially when your team is bad. In the case of the White Sox, colossal underachievers. So that has not filled the void for me. I have wanted golf to fill the void, but it's hard when you're 61 to find guys who are always available because chances are excellent. One guy in the regular group has a malady that's going to preclude him uh, the chance to even play nine holes. That's just that. That's just life. You wait forever to get in a position where you're retired or in my case, semi-retired and have time available. And I got Fitzy with a back. I got uh, Mikey G, who lives in Wheatfield, which is 50 miles away. I've got my next-door neighbor who's got nerve issues in his wrist and fingers. It's tough to swing the golf club when you can't feel your fingers. It's been hard. So I am ready. Just seven more Sundays to go without the National Football League before we get to Sunday, the 10th of September, a date you'll always remember, with some big divisional matchups in that first week. You've got Bears and Packers at 325. I took a peek at the calendar this morning. They divided the schedule up nicely for us on opening day. We've got five 3 o'clock games either 305 or 325ers, five of them. The Bears are one of them. We got Giants and Cowboys on opening day. The defending AFC South champion Jaguars take on the Colts, the new look Colts on opening day. See what Anthony Richardson's got in his first NFL start, assuming he's their, their quarterback on opening day. Yeah, fishing doesn't happen often enough for me on Sundays. My my fishing buddy is my oldest son, and he's been married since September. And guess what? You don't have the free time you used to have when you're sharing a domicile and a life with somebody. And I'm respectful of that. And I want Van and Brittany 
to go to her dad's summer lake house and, and do things like that. So I don't tug at him on Sundays. My Sundays are are slow sometimes, frankly. You're not supposed to, in my subdivision, you're not supposed to run any motors, uh, gas motors, leaf blowers, anything over the weekend or on Sundays. Sundays, verboten in this neighborhood of the gated trailer park. Not supposed to do any work with machinery. I have violated that in recent days. Now, I asked both neighbors who flank me, and neither one gave a damn, so I didn't do it without at least being courteous. In, in my next-door neighbor to the west, John is often working in his backyard, and I hear machinery out there, and I've never bitched because I don't care because the neighborhood's loud anyway. we got a street right behind you. It doesn't matter how quiet it is to the east and west because to the south, there's a road where people like to race their Harleys. So it's tough to find solace on a Sunday afternoon. You're going to have 10 consecutive peaceful minutes poolside in the backyard, the well-wooded backyard, and then three or four Harleys go buzzing by at 100 decibels, and it drives you absolutely nuts. Those have been my Sundays now, 22 in a row of them since the Chiefs and Eagles played. I am ready for that streak to come to a conclusion. If I can just muscle out seven more Sundays, maybe catch a few of the final episodes of Wicked Tuna that I missed. That was a Sunday tradition for a while. That helped me get through the summer, this 12th season of Wicked Tuna. Outer Banks on the National Geographic Channel were great. It was a good show this season. A lot of drama. A lot of discord among charter boat captains in the fleet. It It was a lot of fun. But put the ball in the air. Sunday, September 10th. Only seven more Sundays to go. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week. Typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. Last year, I sat on my hands regarding the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were such a great propositional bet to win the AFC South, and I didn't think they had a snowball's chance in hell. Why would you? They were bad the previous year. They played in a division that included Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans, and the Colts, we thought last year, would rebound from missing the playoffs the previous year when they lost to the Raiders in uh, in week 17 and then the Jaguars in week 18 when the Jaguars were flirting with the number one pick in the draft for crying out loud again. They, they jumped up and beat the Colts, and we thought they'd come back last year. Jonathan Taylor not as sharp as he was the year before. That offensive line starting to show some wear and tear as well. So Jacksonville last year was a terrific investment at 25 to 1 or 22 to 1 as we drew nearer to training camp. But I, I sat on my hands. I let that one get away in the bullpen. Such enormous odds to win the division. 
which included Ryan Tannehill, who I didn't have all the confidence in the world in. It included the Houston Texans, and why would you expect anything out of them? All you had to worry about was Indianapolis and uh, and man, Jacksonville. Jacksonville won the division. So who is the big payout this year? Is there a team to win a division? Check out Bet Rivers. And get your bets in early before the odds change. I'm going to make a couple of propositional plays before the season begins and then maybe make some adjustments as we go. If somebody steps up who I wasn't expecting and I think has the coach and the quarterback solid enough to go into the playoffs and go deep, maybe I'll pick uh, somebody along the way to win a conference championship. I think a lot of us get way too greedy and just want to pick a Super Bowl champion. Why not just pick a conference champion? It doesn't pay as well, but you're eliminating half the competition. Check the math. See if you get the same. To win the NFC North, both the Bears and Packers are 4-1, to one, plus 400 at Bet Rivers this morning to win the NFC North. Green Bay was a bit of a longer shot. I looked at these numbers a month or so ago, and the Packers were plus 4,500, four and a half to one. There's a lot of there's a lot of love in the air, perhaps, for Jordan Love. I think people are starting to think now, as they watch video of Aaron Rodgers with the Jets and going to ball games in New York and doing all of those things to ingratiate himself in the fans, uh, to the fans in, in New York, people start to think about, well, what if? What if the Packers were right again? What if this is the third man in line from Favre to Rodgers to Love? This is the guy they drafted when Aaron Rodgers still had gas left in the tank. Do you think Green Bay got stupid overnight? Do you think he was a wasted draft pick because he had a really rough first couple of experiences in the NFL as a rookie. Now, last year, he wasn't, they didn't need him very often, but when they did, he was much better and much more composed. And I certainly expect that to be the case this year. He's not going to look like he did two years ago. Christ, you remember how bad fields looked against the Cleveland Browns a few years ago under the great Matt Nagy? Wasn't that his first NFL start? Brilliant. Matt, let's do it on the road against Cleveland. Um, The Bears, I I think, are both of those plays to win the NFC North, Packers and Bears, at 4-1. to I understand why why you'd go on either team. I, I get it. It's a nice return on your investment. It's not an enormous return, but hell, if you could buy Microsoft today and it pays you four to one in a year, you'd take that, wouldn't you? That would put it up at over $1,400 a share, I think. Uh, anywho, the Lions are favored to win the division at plus 125, and Dan Campbell is the favorite to win NFL Coach of the Year at 10 to 1. I am not buying either. Jared Goff looked like a very good NFL quarterback last year. He was one of the top five rated quarterbacks in the league in most categories. And he recovered quite nicely from a bad last couple of years with the Rams. He looked like he found a new home. Was it just the new employer bump? 
Was it just those new relationships that rejuvenated him and and picked his game up a little bit? Or is Jared Goff capable of being a year-in, year-out solid performer? He's getting a little late in his career to be asking that question, isn't it? I ain't buying the Lions. Now, they're plus territory at plus 125. But I'm not playing them. I might play the Vikings. I think my lean today is to play the Vikings to win the North because they pay a nice return on investment of 3-1. to one. And they have the best receiver in pro football in Justin Jefferson. So who the quarterback is doesn't matter as, as much. I don't think when you've got a guy like that, he can go up and get it. He's got Guagi. He's got great speed. You could have guys, teams double on him, and he still will wind up with 100 yards in the first half. God, he just crushed the Bears in the first meeting with the two teams last year, in the in the first meeting with those two teams. But I like the Vikings. Defensively, they've got a long way to go. They didn't stop anybody. But in that division, yeah, I mentioned Goff's deficiencies. We don't know what we're going to get from Jordan Love. We don't know if Justin Fields in Chicago is going to make marked progress as a passer. And guess what? He needs to. He completed only 60.4%, I think, of his passes last year. That was up one point from his rookie season. I, yeah, I, I, I'm taking the Vikings to win the NFC North. Now, here's here's the play that I'm thinking about that I want you to give some consideration to. And remember how they do these things. Remember how coach of the year is picked. Remember how comeback player of the year is picked. It's pretty obvious, you know, when you're if you're going to win the MVP, your quarterback most likely, and you you rack up the most touchdown passes, the most the most yards. You, you got to be on a winning team to win that award as the quarterback. To win the comeback player of the year, you either had to have been hurt or bad or both the previous year. Tamar Hamlin is the landslide favorite to win comeback player of the year, minus 500. Lamar Jackson is next at plus 1,800. Coach of the year, they give that award to the team that has made the biggest jump, typically. If you're a three-win team in 22, which is what the Bears were, and you go 9-8 and eight this coming year, your head coach, Matt Eberflus, is going to get votes. I think Eberflus is the best play on the board at 13-1. to one. Matt LaFleur is also a long shot um, among the top five guys. I, I shouldn't say long shot because LaFleur, I believe, is sixth on the board at 15 to one. The great Dan Campbell tops at 10 to one, followed by Sean Payton because he's going to make Russell Wilson a quarterback who can take a team to a Super Bowl again. Arthur Smith of the Falcons at 13 to one. And there's the Flus, Matt Eberflus. Also at 13 to one, I think the bears are going to win nine games this year. That makes him a candidate. That's a six game improvement. Put a hundred dollars down on Matt Eberflus at bet rivers today. 
Get the app installed on your phone if you don't have it already because we've only got seven more Sundays without football. And you'll want to make some of these moves before the ball goes in the air. Put your expertise on the line and invest. Prosper. Pick grapes off the vine because of your NFL acumen. And if you if you feel like I do that the Bears are capable, well, capable, are, are likely to win nine games, even if they go eight and nine, Eberflus is going to get votes, may not win it. But if he if he comps a wild card and in the NFC North, he can. He's going to win the award. Unless you see somebody like the Denver Broncos shock the world and upend the Chiefs and win the AFC West. I don't see that happening. Robert Sala also is a good play to win coach of the year at 16 to 1 because the Jets have Aaron Rodgers. And the Jets already had one of the best defenses going in the NFL. And they got better in the offseason. And they re-signed their stud defensive lineman, Quinn and Williams. I mean, they are rolling. And some think the Bills have missed their window of opportunity. I find that hard to believe that they would go that off the chart bad that quickly, even though they struggled down the stretch last year. In their quarterback, Josh Allen, played himself out of MVP consideration because he turned the ball over too often. He was throwing picks and fumbling the ball away. And the Bills were victimized by something that I said three three seasons ago now. They got to fix. They got to stop relying on their quarterback to be the best running back. So the Jets very well may win the AFC East. And Robert Sala is a real good play at 16 to 1. But my best play for coach of the year, I'm going with the Fluce. I'm going with second year head coach Matt Eberflus. It's not because I think he's a great coach. I think they're going to make the biggest improvement of non-playoff teams last year. I think the Bears are a plus 6 in victories, possibly a plus 7 in victories this season. I don't know if I love Eberflus as a head coach yet. I I don't you see, what what made him desirable for the Bears when they whacked Matt Nagy was the turnover differential. His Indianapolis Colts led the NFL in turnover ratio the previous year. They had a 30-some takeaways previous season. Darius Leonard all over the field. Kenny Moore, the third, the safety, was terrific. He was an all-pro that year, or a second-team all-pro. He should have been first. He was terrific two seasons ago. That team did not take the ball away last year. The defensive line did not get pressure on the quarterback. Bears D linemen collectively with seven and a half sacks last year. Are you freaking kidding me? And Matt Eberflus is the defensive coach. Did anybody on the front seven get better as the year went on? I guess Jack Sanborn, the freshman linebacker, First-year linebacker out of Wisconsin, undrafted. He was the big surprise last season. Is that what you're hanging your hat on, Matt Eberflus? So he goes out and gets a couple of linebackers. Tremaine Edmonds, the the bigger one of the two. And uh, they're going to get more pressure on the passer this year. They've drafted second- and third-round players who should help them defensively. DJ Moore should be a big upgrade at receiver for Justin Fields. And that means Chase Claypool has less pressure on him 
to be a number one pick. He hasn't done dick since his first year in Pittsburgh. Time for him to move. A hundred and some receiving yards last year. He caught 14 passes in seven games. Man. So nothing but up. Nowhere to go but up for the Bears offense, for Chase Claypool particularly, and for the Bears defense, which was awful last year. Matt Eberflus will win NFL Coach of the Year this year. That's where my money's going again. 13-1 to 1 at Bet Rivers. God, don't let Matt LaFleur win it at 15-1. Matt LaFleur wins it. The Packers win the NFC North, and Jordan Love is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. Oh, somebody light a match in Arlington Heights. Hey, thank you very much for listening. I'm going to jump into the mailbag on Thursday's podcast and get to some of your reactions on the coverage of the Northwestern football scandal, not necessarily the scandal itself, but the coverage of it, because that's what I asked for. And some of my Facebookers, some of my Twitter followers got it. Some didn't. I'll get into that. Maybe we'll examine uh, baseball a little bit more. Pretty soon I'm going to get to this year's NFL Hall of Fame and Shrinies because tick-tock, tick-tock, that Hall of Fame game is not all that far away. Hee-hee-hee. <laughs> We're almost getting ready. It's almost time for the ball to go in the air. Training camp's opening in 10, 12 days for most NFL teams. I am so happy that we are almost done with this sports abyss that is the NFL's offseason. Thanking Adam Delavitt, who is the boss at Bet Rivers Podcast Network, for giving me these opportunities, and my producer, Sam Michael, for a job well done also. Have a great next couple of days. I'm back on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.